everybody, it's Drags. Wednesday, March 11th, time for episode 341 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us, as always, at clnsmedia.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Patriots CLNS. Welcoming back old friend, old colleague, Ryan Hannibal, refreshed from a Hawaii honeymoon, golf and life away from the Tom Brady drama, at least for a week. Ryan, of course, covers the Patriots for WEEI and WEEI.com. How is life, Ryan, and how was Hawaii? I'm good, Trags. Always good to join you. And, you know, I left for, for the trip with Tom Brady stuff dominating the airwaves, and I came back with the same thing, Tom Brady news dominating the airwaves. But, yeah, <sighs> nothing really changed. Like, nothing happened. But, yeah, people still want to talk about it nonstop and, you know, varying reports. But in Hawaii was good. It was good to get away. But now I'm back, and it's, I guess, Tom Brady and Tom Brady all the time. You're a scratch golfer, right? Close. No, no, I'm a, I'm a 10. So it, it was good to play some golf while I could. But back home, you know, the weather is warming up. Courses are actually opening this weekend. So I'll be back uh, on the golf course, which is always good, and maybe get away from all this Tom Brady stuff. What would you say is the toughest course you played out there or the most scenic? I played um the course where the, they play the Century Tournament Champions, the Plantation Course at Kapalua, and that was yep. – a once in a lifetime opportunity and that was, you know, every hole had a view of the water and, you know, the mountains and it was, you know, the, I'll never play a course more scenic than that. And, you know, I had to take, I had, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. So it was once in a lifetime and I'm glad I did it. And your bride was okay with that. Absolutely. That's good. All right. We're closing in on D-Day with regards to Tom Brady as his contract with the Patriots runs out a week from today. Everyone's got a hunch or a guess. Yours? See, I go back and forth. And, you know, before I I left, I was, you know, of the mind that they were going to work things out when he was going to return. But, you know, now that you see everything that's happened, all the reports, the report last week that the phone call didn't go well, and you have the, you know, this week, I guess, the talk is you know they offered him a contract last summer during training camp from ESPN's field Yates and he you know didn't he basically said he he wanted to become a free agent and so now you know adding everything up you know calculating everything I think there's more than a chance than ever that he's gone I I just don't you know see that they're far apart and I think they're closing so the gap is so you know far away and free agency so close I, I just find it hard to envision a scenario where they do you know, get together and, and a deal comes. So I guess my gut says right now that he's gone, but it wouldn't surprise me, and I've been saying this all along, that both sides chicken out in a way and that they can't, you know, go on with life, Brady with another team, Belichick with another quarterback, and that they would work work things out. But I just – that that's hard to envision right now. So like my gut says that he is going to leave. Yeah, my gut says he's headed to Tennessee. Um, I also believe that – the Patriots don't believe that the market for Tom Brady is nearly as vast and uh, realistic as Tom Brady and Dom, Don Yee think. I would agree with that, but to the, it only takes one team. It only takes one team to give him, you know, an offer that he wants to have the surrounding cast that he wants. And like you said, Tennessee probably would fit that. So if they do indeed move on from Ryan Tannehill, I think that's a good sign that they'll be right in the mix. And if they give him a respectable offer, I, I see you know, no reason why that wouldn't be a, a very likely destination for him in, next week. 
So for those who were not aware on Sunday, Field Yates um, tweeted the following. As we approach free agency, some notes that he tweeted out in a thread to revisit Tom Brady's decision on his next as his next step draws closer. During last training camp, Brady and the Patriots discussed a new deal, including a multi-year extension, and Brady's preference was not to add any years to the deal. That's obvious, as Field uh, explains, because he wanted to get have the right to uh, get into the market as a free agent if he desired. Early in camp, the Patriots, as Ryan, you just mentioned, uh, Patriots gave Brady uh, his request for total freedom after uh, the 2019 season. So now Brady has that opportunity to be a free agent. Many have, now this was key, also retweeted, uh, and, uh, repeated by Tom E. Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Many have wondered when the Patriots will make their offer to retain Brady, something they did in August already. In essence, Field explains, the next step is Brady conveying what he wants in a new deal from the Patriots, not the other way around as the team has previously presented him an offer, but Brady wanted to test the market, which now has the chance he has the chance to do. And here's another kicker for me. The chance for Brady to return to New England is of course possible. But an important step in that process is understanding for the team of what Brady is seeking in a new deal. Ryan, does the team not already understand what Tom Brady wants? You would think so after 20 years of, you know, working together exactly. with relationships and, you know, all that they've been through and knowing, you know, how each other thinks, how each other works, you'd think that they would have some idea. To me, this was all a PR leverage, so to speak, for the Patriots yep. side to make it, you know, because things are trending towards him leaving. And if he does leave, the Patriots can say, well, he didn't want to come back. We tried to get him back last year. We offered a multi-year contract and he's the one that didn't want to come back. So this is on him. This isn't on us. So I I looked at that report as sort of doing some PR damage ahead of time to, you know, try to put everything on Brady saying he's the one that didn't want to come back. This had nothing to do with us. He made his decision. We wanted him back, but he just didn't want to come back. Okay. We have to discuss the next aspect of this, and that is who would take over for Tom Brady if indeed he does leave for, let's say, the favorite right now, uh, Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. I like the the idea of just going with Jared Stidham and see what he can offer you right out of the shoot. Uh, you drafted the kid out of Auburn. They obviously wouldn't have wasted the the draft pick on Jared Stidham if they at where they drafted him um, if they didn't think he had the potential. Uh, from what you saw in the preseason of him, like in the game against the Lions uh, last August, what did you think? I mean, he was solid, but he was still only a rookie. I mean, he showed some things that were impressive for a rookie. I think I think he showed some of the things that we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo. But on the flip side, he's only a rookie and he was making mistakes. And that happens when you're a rookie. And I just don't know if that if Stidham's ready to be the full-time starter for the Patriots right now. I think that that could be the case. But I just don't know down the road. But I don't know if he's week one. So for me, I think that they do need to bring in a veteran quarterback to sort of bridge the gap. And I think if you find themselves, if, you know, everything goes as, as we expect and Brady leaves, I think the Patriots are probably best off waiting this thing out come, you know, April 1st, the middle of April, seeing which quarterbacks are still available and then trying to get a guy on the cheap because of Brady's dead cap money, 13 and a half, 
you know, million dollars. They, they can't afford to spend money on a quarterback because they won't have money to spend on, on other positions. So to me, I would sort of slow play it, see whatever quarterbacks are available, you know, A.J. McCarron, Blake Bortles, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston even. If one of those guys is still available and you can get him on the cheap, that's what I, I think the Patriots would do and take him and then you know go into next year with, with that that guy as your starter with Jared Stidham, you know, coming up the rear, waiting to, to take over whenever he's ready. I am with Scott Zolak and you know where I'm going with this, correct? I think so. Continue. Oh Andy Dalton. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, you know no better than anyone about Andy. Oh. <laughs> okay. I I, I had um uh, last week, um, had a terrific podcast, um, with, uh, Rich Hill, uh, past pulpit. Yep. And I said, full disclosure, Rich, I'm from Cincinnati. I've followed Andy Dalton's career very, very closely. Yeah, probably more closely than anyone in New England. And, and I was there, Paul Brown Stadium, as you were in December. The single reason the Patriots won that game on that December day in Cincinnati on the banks of the Ohio River, was one player and one player only. Yes. Andy Dalton. He was horrible. Now, I understand that Bill Belichick could sit over on that sideline and go, I like the way he throws the ball. I like, you know, there's something about him that I like, but he just needs to be coached completely different. I get that, but it's still Andy Dalton. And to me, and, and I said this on a radio show in Tampa, on Monday, I said, um, you know, to me, Andy Dalton reminds me of Joe Flacco light. Joe yep. Flacco actually won a Super Bowl, but the downward trend of their career to me is very similar. Yeah, I think you're onto something. And then the other thing with, with Dalton is the money. And, you know, I think his contract has him at making $15 million for next year. Obviously, if he's traded, that new team will probably negotiate with him. But I can't see Andy Dalton taking any less than $10 million a year. And so then you're, you know, devoting 10 plus the, the 13 and a half, you're, de- you're devoting whatever it is to close to $25 million to your quarterback position and Andy, and Andy Dalton. And I don't think that's, you know, financially – that financially doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, people are saying Andy Dalton because he has so much experience and not great experience, but he does, you know, have experience leading a team to the playoffs. But I just don't think the Patriots are in a position where they can pay that amount of money to a guy like Andy Dalton when they have, you know, only $30 million to play with, you know, towards their cap space. Speaking with Ryan Hannibal, covering the Patriots, doing a fabulous job uh, for WEEI.com. Say you're an NBA fan and you live in Boston, but you like watching the Indiana Pacers, which used to be a big pain because their games are not always available in New England. Well, now there's an amazing trick that lets you watch every single NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called ExpressVPN. Here's how it works. The NBA offers NBA League Pass, which lets you stream the games online. But if you don't live in the U.S. or Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? Fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Buy and use the NBA League Pass from there, and boom, no blackouts. And depending on the country, NBA League Pass could cost less than 15 bucks. For a whole year, ExpressVPN works on your computer, phone, router, and consoles like 
Fire TV. So you can watch all of the games from any device. Even when I'm not watching the NBA, I have ExpressVPN on 24-7 because it also encrypts all of my data, keeping it safe from hackers. Enjoy all 1,230 games of the NBA season in HD with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Use my special link today to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash beat, B-E-A-T. After which, you can sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. That's expressvpn.com slash beat for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash beat to learn more. Back with Ryan Hannibal of weei.com. All right, there's another big story brewing, and it actually could impact how the Patriots build their roster with or without Tom Brady. The collective bargaining agreement. The NFLPA voted on Monday to push the deadline back 48 hours from Thursday night to Saturday midnight. That extra 48 hours to allow all player reps to inform each team's players what all of this entails. It's a big deal because this is an 11-year deal. What what was your reaction on Monday, Ryan, when you uh, saw the story? I don't know what to – you know, this has been dragged out on and on, um, but I don't really blame the players for it because they're agreeing to a deal for 10 years, and it's not like something that's only going to be in place for a year or two. You you want to make sure – that you get this right and everything, you know, is lined up the way that you want it. So I really can't fault them for taking so long and, and dragging this out because it is such a big decision. But the fact that it's now going to be Saturday night where the voting takes place and, you know, let's just say it passes, you're going to have so much stuff happening so quickly in the NFL. An avalanche of transactions. So it's going to create, you know, sort of a hectic time period, you would think, because these agents don't want to fully negotiate contracts without knowing the details of the CBA. So you're going to have, you know, the legal tampering, the CBA potentially getting passed over the weekend, the legal tampering period Monday, and then free agency on Wednesday. So there's going to be a lot of scrambling in league circles. And, you know, you would hope that the players and owners, you know, agree to this and everybody gets what they want so that, they can, I guess, focus on getting, you know, the start of the league year going because you don't want to have the CBA stuff drag out even more because then you're impacting the new league year. So hopefully we, we get a resolution soon, and then you can move on to negotiating contracts in the, in the new league year. Okay, the proposed CBA, for those who haven't been following it that closely, um, involves this, namely the expansion of the regular season to 17 games. I think everybody is aware of that aspect. And the revenue split, which would increase from 47 to 48%, eventually 48.5% if the 17th game is instituted. That has been the source of a lot of contention among players. I hate the idea of 17 games, but that's just me. Uh, some see the proposed changes, which would in- include an increase in salary for players earning the veteran minimum and other improved benefits as positives. However, others remain very opposed to that 17th game because they believe that the revenue split should increase to around 50%, not 48 or 48 and a half. And Ryan, I don't know what you made of the story over the weekend where it came out leaked some of the owners saying, well, I hope they vote no on the uh, the proposal because we're giving them too much. Is that a way of saying – is that code for saying um, you better sign this now because everything else will be off the table? 
It could be. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, I don't know what the sticking point, so to speak is, you know, with, with them saying that, like what they don't, you know, what they want more, but I, I do think the 17th game is sort of a, a big deal. And obviously that benefits the owners because of you know more, the increased revenue, obviously. And yes, I know that the 17th game would give pl- the lower level players more salary. And I think that's, Something that the, you know, average NFL player to practice squad player would love. They would love an extra game check. But for the, you know, big time players, the JJ Watts, the Russell Wilsons, they aren't, they really seem opposed to that because they make so much money. So they're actually not making as much on that 17th game. So I, I guess I don't know what, what your thought is. Like, what are the, what do you think the owners are referring so, to? So, yeah, well, here's, here, here's what I think. I think the owners know this is a great, great, great deal for them and they're trying to get the players to think, well, if the owners don't want us to sign it, then we'll sign it, which is the the most ridiculous case of reverse psychology I can possibly that. think reverse of. Reverse psychology, yep. And I think that's the game they're playing here. And I think they, uh, I think most of the owners believe that the NFL Players Union is still so weak and so intimidated by the lack of uh, any agreement in place at all after next season, that they'll just sign it. And I think that's that's the mind games that I think they're doing, playing with Demory Smith. And my concern, if I'm a player, uh, is that how is Demory uh, Smith going to handle <laughs> this uh, very highly pressurized situation? Yeah, and then you have, you know, players. I think I saw a report today that Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, and J.J. Watt didn't attend the meeting today. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And I think that's their way of saying, look, you know, this, this deal is not good for veterans. Right. And we're not going to have, we're not going to have a hand in it. And, and I think that, and they also, I think those guys know that it might pass rank and file, but we're not going to, uh, go along with it. We're not going to give it its the public support, the PR support uh, that uh, certainly I think the NFLPA would like to have, you know, its most prominent players supporting this. And I think those three guys don't want to do that. Do that. They don't want to go along uh, because while it might be good for the rank and file, they believe um, that it's not good for the players in the long term. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. And I, you know, like I said before, I just hope that this gets finished and it's not rushed because it's such a ten, you know, it's, it's over ten years. But also, the new league year is starting, so I, I think that there is sort of some pressure to get it done and get it finalized before everything gets going. You know, next week. Speaking with Ryan Hannibal of WEEI.com, covering the Patriots and the National Football League. March has arrived, and we are only days away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head on over to betonline.ag and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be a hardcore fan to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all of your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive online partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account 
And do make sure to use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What do you think of the XFL, Ryan? I kind of – I don't mind it. You know, I thought that it, – I guess it, it's been better than I expected going off of all these other leagues that we've seen sort of form. They've sort of been disasters. Sure. The AAF so, and the yes. first iteration of the XFL, certainly. At least this one is still paying their players and they're having games continue. Um, you know, the level of play isn't obviously what the NFL is, but it's still football at a time where there isn't any. And so, I, you know, I've I've been – it's been better than I expected, so I can't really I can't really knock it because I didn't really have any any high expectations, and so I guess they exceeded any expectations that I did have. What did you think of um, the statement from the league, the XFL, on the end of the Seattle Houston game, and the fact that they reassigned the supervisor in charge of uh, officiating that game? I thought it was interesting. I think that maybe that could be something that the NFL, I don't think they would ever – yep. That's what so many people on Twitter were giving praise to the XFL for, crediting them for that, and I think for good reason. Look, the XFL admitted their mistake at the end of the game quickly, succinctly. They took, uh, you know, punitive damage uh, – punitive damage – punitive uh, action against uh, the person in charge, the official in charge – uh, up in the press box and said, look, this can't happen. We're going to make a change and we acknowledge the mistake. The fact that it happened so quickly and with such force, that's what leaves an impression on fans like, hey, at least they're watching the games. They, they know a mistake was made and they care about their product. My, right. my problem with the NFL sometimes is, well, it's the NFL. Fans will just accept it for what it is. All of our warts is, it, you know, aside, they'll just, you know, buy our uh, product hook, line, and sinker when the fans expect a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that they could potentially use this to better th- themselves. And I, like, I, you covered the NBA and the Celtics. Do you, like, it could be something similar to the two-minute reports. That yes, you the L2M report. But you got that the following day. Maybe it's better if you got that, you know, within an hour or two after the game because that sort of alleviates the speculation and, you know, all the chatter. So maybe the, the NFL could take a lesson from this and maybe, you know, adapt their own policy. I don't think they would ever go to the extent of calling a referee out and saying that they've, you know, been, you know, lowered in status, but at least admitting a mistake and then, you know, maybe towards the end of the year saying, you know, X referee was reprimanded for this being more transparent down the road. I just don't envision a scenario where they would ever call out a referee, you know, within hours of a game saying they've well, been demoted. But the overall it, the overall thought process needs to still be there. In, in fairness, though, it was not the referee. It was or the, the on-field official. Yeah. It was the supervisor hired by the league to oversee that particular game. That's where I think the fans – really appreciated what the XFL did in that particular case because the XFL was, uh, again, administratively uh, sanctioning uh, one of their own, one of their own administrators. You never hear the NFL saying, like, well, when he was in that position, Dean Blandino has been reassigned for, like, three weeks because we can't have Dean Blandino screwing up an obvious uh, situation. It would be like if, the NFL went in and said Al Riveron has been reassigned because right. he botched the supervising of a playoff game. Right. 
and that would be, you know, a, a huge, huge deal. Um, but the, the overall thing is uh, transparency is great. Fans love it. Uh, I think that players would like it too. I mean, they, they, you know, get called out for their mistakes all the time and their suspensions getting out. So why can't the referees have their, have their, you know, issues come to light and be public too. So, you know, I do think the NFL could, could learn something from the XFL just because of how tra- transparent they, they've been. So what are you guys, what are you going to be doing, uh, over the next several weeks? Uh, I assume getting ready for free agency, uh, then the NFL draft, uh, in April and then OTAs. So what, what's your yeah. spring going to look like? I mean, obviously it's Tom Brady all the time until he makes a decision. But then after that, we've kind of been discussing ways to approach it. Like, should we pre-write some, you know, Tom Brady remembrance pieces? Should we uh, you know, come up with some of, you know, top 10 moments, you know, things? Top like- 10 moments, I'll buy. I'll buy. But I wouldn't go – I'm not going to be Rob Bradford because, you know, I love Rob. <laughs> and he Rob's totally capable and much more actually capable than I am of telling you what to do and suggesting story ideas. Rob would agree with the following. Lists, lists, oh, lists. Yes. Yes. yes, he would agree with that. So I'm more inclined to say, hey, the, you know, the top 10, top 15 yeah. Tom Brady moments in New England. I'd also say, too, like there is something where if Brady does, in fact, leave the Patriots, I don't think many fans are going to want to be reading a lot of Tom Brady stories. I think Agreed. they're going to move on, and I don't think they're going to want to hear all of that stuff. So a balance needs to sort of be struck. Like you want to, I guess, strike where the iron's hot when it happens, but quickly turn the page to then focus on who his replacement is and all that. And then I think the thing that people are, aren't paying too much attention to is the Patriots have another, a number of other free agents to be that could potentially change. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Not that I cut you off. Like I, I've been doing the whole freaking podcast, but um, what are uh, aside from Brady, as I wrote down here in my uh, rundown, which free agency, uh, which free agents are you most concerned about the Patriots losing? I would tell you, that uh, I think if they lost, um, uh, help me out. Not Adam Butler. Adam Butler. Danny Shelton. What? Danny yes. Shelton. Yep. If they lost Danny Shelton, I think that would be a red flag. I think that's a big one, and I still think losing Joe Tooney is a big, big, big deal. Yeah, I do too. I don't think you have any choice but to allow that to happen. He's gonna. He's you know the best guard in the market. He's gonna get a huge deal, and we've seen over the years the Patriots just can't do that. They already paid their guard, you know, a big contract in Shaq Mason. So I think he's pretty much as good as gone, but then you have to figure out how you're going to replace him. And a guy who could be that replacement. Froholt. Froholt. I was going to say Ted Karras. He's probably going to get, he's probably going to get a contract somewhere else just because of the job that he did filling in for Tom Brady. Um, I look at Devin McCourty. He's sort of a, a guy that, you know, could return, could yeah, not. Yeah, but is, but Jason re- signed, re-signed, right? Correct. So that, that's definitely that's a bit pretty big positive because I was going to say if, you know, Brady leaves you and then Devin leaves, where's your leadership? Where's your leadership come from? So Matthew Slater, he's also a free agent. So I just sort of think the under talked about storyline here is the Patriots have the potential to lose a number of their leaders this offseason. And that's something that they need to, make sure it doesn't happen. If Brady leaves, they have to make sure that they keep all their other leaders intact by keeping Devin around, keeping Matthew Slater around, guys like that, that you can't completely, you know, lose what you've established for the last 20 years. You know, what about the theory, uh, if Brady leaves, uh, a lot of the veterans are going to, a lot of the veterans, free agents are also going to leave. 
Yeah, I mean, if Brady leaves, you could also, you know, envision a scenario where I don't think that Bill Belichick would ever do this, but just blowing the team up for a year to, you know, develop draft picks and build. He might. Whether that's, you know, trading trading a guy like Stefan Gilmore, which I don't think they would do, but he's, a, you know, their top. No, they're not going to do that. But he knows they're in the AFC East, and you still have um, the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins. And maybe the Dolphins come out of the blue and um, make a run. Yeah, and what if the Dolphins drafted Tua and signed Tom Brady? I mean, there's nothing keeping them from doing that. You realize that. Of course, they have, they can do whatever they want. They have the most cap space in football. They can. And I'm telling you, that is that is a storyline nobody has talked about. You have Brian Flores, who Tom Brady knows very well. You have Chad O'Shea, correct? You also yep. have him down yeah. there. No, Chad O'Shea's gone. Chan Gailey took over. Oh, Remember? that's right. My bad. Thank yep. you for correcting. But you still yep. have. You still you have, have. You have a number of Patriots connections there. You can definitely make that argument that. It's sort of Brian Flores has the Patriot-like culture, and Brady would, you know, embrace that. Yeah, and they could still draft Tua. I I have said all along, Brian, that the team that signs Tom Brady should also draft a high-round, high-pick quarterback who they project is going to be their quarterback of the future. That way you hedge against Tom Brady going downhill very quickly. If if a team signs Tom Brady for two years, I don't know, uh, 70 million bucks. Yes, the 70 million is a big, big hit. Yep. But the fact that it's it would only be a two-year guarantee, let's say, just hypothetically, teams could could stomach that if they have the quarterback of the future also on the roster all locked in. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that another team – Potentially in that scenario is the Chargers. They could potentially draft Justin Herbert, you know, early on and then sign Tom Brady and you have your quarterback succession plan in place. And, I, you know, you're, if you're a team that signs Tom Brady's not, you know, doesn't have a long term of more than a, a three, four, five year solution at quarterback, they need to start thinking about the future as well. And so that's something you have to, you know, take it into consideration when you consider these teams that Brady could go to. And what what do you think of the 49ers rumors? Do you buy any? No, uh-uh. I don't. I mean, I, I, I initially thought there was some credibility to it. Uh, if the 49ers were inclined to get out from under the contract of Jimmy Garoppolo, but the more I've read and the more I've thought about it, that contract that Jimmy G has is actually a pretty good contract for the Niners. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't – and I think they like – and I think John Lynch likes Jimmy G and feels that he is the kind of guy that can manage the situation out there. The game's not going to get too big. Yeah, he blew the Super Bowl by overthrowing Debo Samuel, was it? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, Tom Brady probably makes the throw that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't. but. I think the Niners are going to go the safe route and keep Jimmy G. And if they keep Jimmy G, they're obviously not going to re-sign Tom Brady. So um, I don't think the San Francisco deal is going to come through. I'm pretty much with you there. It would be a huge, huge risk for the 49ers to take. And, again, I just don't really understand. Well, again, if you do that, Ryan, they are not in the position of – 
having the ability to kind of dictate that quarterback of the future in the draft. I guess they could take Herbert at the end of the first round, but I don't think they would want to do that. No. No, I mean they do have Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you know you think of those guys as starters. So it would just be a huge, huge risk on the 49ers part. And I, I do think that all those reports that we saw last week were sort of Brady's camp trying to you know create a market for themselves that maybe wasn't there. I'm telling you, the Miami Dolphins. If you think about it, that that makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. And the Dolphins have had trouble filling that stadium. Um, and, and they, maybe they do that with Tua, but it would give them the opportunity, A, to stick it to the Patriots, <laughs> yep. B, have Tua learn from Tom Brady, you know, and you can debate whether or not Tom would be receptive to that, but you could at least introduce Tua into the Tom Brady culture. There are so many ways you could go make an argument that Tom Brady down in Miami and South Beach would work. I, I'm with you there, but I, I just don't know if, that's the like I, don't, I just don't know if Brady would actually go there, especially with some of these other teams that could be presenting offers, whether it's the the Titans, whether it's the the Raiders. I just don't know if, if you look at that roster that that has the potential to draw Tom Brady to go down to Miami. Like who's who's their receiver right now? They don't really have any big name wide receivers, and sure they can go out and get one, but. I just don't know if Miami has the talent right now to. Who, okay, I I can't remember right off my top of my head, Ryan. Who was the guy that killed the Patriots in the final game of the year? Parker, Devontae Parker. Yeah, well, they have him. Yep. They, Go out and add, you know, draft one and sign a free agent, and boom. Yes, the 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 thing there is that they have so much money to spend that they can ultimately go out there and sign basically whoever they wanted, but I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time envisioning him going down to, to Miami. I actually, if we're going to talk about a Florida team, I think Tampa Bay has a better shot at getting him. I believe that yep. until I read the reports that they are, uh, that Bruce Arians is all in on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yep. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, they're going to go Teddy Bridgewater. That I just I can... look at the the offense Arians runs, throwing the ball so many times. Like if you're Tom Brady, you know you want to close your career throwing the ball 50 times a game, and you know Tampa Bay would allow him to do that, and they have plenty of money to spend. But again, I I have a hard time believing Brady would play you know in Tampa Bay. I, I do think the city has something to do with it as well. Keep your hands washed. Yes, that's right. Anyway, uh, it's been really a lot of fun, Ryan, having you on this podcast. Um, where can people follow you and what should they be doing? Uh, on Twitter at Ryan Hannibal and then WEI.com, the latest, you know, every news rumor stuff that's related to Tom Brady's there, columns with my uh, colleague Andy Hart podcast, the off day podcast. Um, just go to WEI.com and everything's right there. There you have it. Want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our great guest, Ryan Hannibal from WEEI.com. Follow Ryan Hannibal on Twitter, all one word, at Ryan Hannibal. Also, be sure to check out his terrific stuff, as he just told you, at WEEI.com. He is refreshed and ready to go cover free agency and the NFL draft and then spring football. Also want to thank our great sponsors, ExpressVPN and Bet Online. For producer Michael Angi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello. 
Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.